This is Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Winnie Holtzman, veteran television writer, creator of the series My So-Called Life, and librettist for the hit Broadway musical Wicked, recently opened the Musical Theater Conversation Series at the Lewis Center for the Arts at Princeton University. The talks at the Lewis Center will lead to a musical theater symposium, Making Broadway Musicals, Artists and Scholars in Conversation, on April 21st in the Jimmy Stewart Theater. The series of talks and the symposium are free and open to the public. I spoke with Winnie Holtzman when the series kicked off. Okay, so you're one of those people who, from a very young age, uh, you were very driven, very focused. You set out to be an actor in your early teens and through a series of projects ended up creating a popular TV series mm-hmm. and a very successful Broadway musical, My Soul Called Life and Wicked. Um, so where did the teenage version of yourself imagine she would be in 2012? <laughs> That's such a great question. I've never, I don't think I've ever had anyone ask me that. Um, you know, I don't know exactly you know, I'm not sure I looked ahead in that way. I was very focused, like you said, and I was very focused on what I was doing at the moment, which is kind of good uh, way to be. Um, I certainly didn't imagine. This is this is not something I say a lot, but it's it's kind of far exceeded my my imaginings. I think. I think I was just hoping to belong in this world, if you see what I mean. Yeah. I think that's what I was hoping for, you know, and to somehow be able to do these things that I loved. It's interesting that, that acting came first and then you got so into writing. How did you initially shift your focus from acting to writing? Well, acting did come first in the sense that I was I was always very interested in acting uh, from the time I was about 13. But I have to say, even when I was a little, little girl, uh, I was always writing. I was always writing poetry uh there was such a it was such a natural part of my life i didn't really think about it too much in a funny way um i did sort of see myself as a writer it just was part of my consciousness and the acting was a little bit more like i um it was really something i was very uh, obsessed with and then what happened is, I think I started, um, well, after college, I ended up at um, at, the, at, a, at an acting school in New York called Circle in the Square. Um, mm-hmm. I think they may still have an acting school. Um, and I, I joined a comedy group, and we were writing our own material and performing it. All of us were, were good writers, and we would write and perform comedy in nightclubs and off-off-Broadway. Off and... Uh, Basically, that was when the connection clicked for me. In other words, I'd always been writing and I'd always been acting, but I never put them together. And when I was writing this comedy material for myself to perform with my friends, that was a big click in my mind. And suddenly something sort of clicked into place and it was like I was interested in writing for theater. I wasn't just interested in, I wasn't, I never wrote another poem after that. Um... I was interested in writing for something to be performed. Mm. One thing I kept coming across is that you're you're often credited as a writer for uh, the series The Wonder Years, but you're, I've noticed you're quick to point out that that's not exactly true, which is a no, shame because I'm, I was going to ask you if the character <laughs> Winnie was named after you. No, I really have nothing, uh, virtually nothing to do with The Wonder Years. I had a very good friend who at one point was running The Wonder Years, 
she was the head writer of The Wonder Years at one point, and she asked me to contribute a script, and I did, and it was really virtually completely rewritten, which is how they just did things, which how is what happens a lot when you're working in TV. Um, the head writer will rewrite you uh, pretty much completely sometimes, and it was um, lovely of her to have hired me, but I have no connection to that show. And after working on the the show 30-something, you got the opportunity to create a whole new series from scratch, basically. It turned out to be what is now sort of a modern classic, My So-Called Life. How did it feel to be to be given a series to create from scratch, and how did you come up with the idea for the show in the first place? Well, the idea was um, Marshall Herskovitz and Edward Zwick um, are my mentors in TV. They're the guys who created 30-something, and um, it was their idea. It was their idea for me to write a pilot for them, and they they wanted me to create a show. And we sat around, the three of us, sort of talking about, well, what would the show be? What would the show be? And they had some thoughts about teenage girls. Um, doesn't it, Not in that way. <laughs> but they were thinking creatively about teenage girls, and they were thinking that that might be a good fit for me. Um, I've I've said many times publicly, I'm not sure that would have ever been something I would have come up with on my own. But as soon as they said it, I I got I started to get ideas. I really didn't see. You know, it's funny. At the time, my daughter was about seven, and I didn't really see myself writing about teenagers. I was kind of looking in a different direction. But they were very interested. And we started to create this idea about a teenage girl. And the whole concept of the show from the very beginning was kind of getting inside her head and inside her soul, I guess you would say, and really kind of taking her, allowing her to be just as just as complex and, and, and um, interesting as possible. In other words, not to stereotype her in any way. And... Um, um, you know, I just started, the more I worked on it, the more I guess it just kind of became clear to me and and them, I think, that it was a, it was a good fit for me. Um, there were a lot of things that just kind of I started to explore. Of course, it was thrilling. I mean, absolutely. It was very, I was very honored and touched that they wanted me that they wanted to work with me. I'd been writing at that point for 30-something for two years and had developed a very close working relationship with these two men. And I loved I loved their style. I loved everything about them. Um, just, I, I loved them. And it was just a real connection. And we had a lot of fun. We were really... One of the great things that happens, I in my opinion, is... Sometimes, not always, but sometimes when you collaborate with with people, there's just such a good, there's just a, such such a feeling of joy, actually. And I had that with Marshall and Ed, um, so it felt very natural, actually. It, it was pretty much, um, it was pretty thrilling just to work on Thirty Something. I mean, it wasn't, it was unexpected to me that they would ask me to do this, but I was completely, you know completely excited about the idea. It was a little nerve-wracking, too. I had only, at that point, been writing for TV a fairly short amount of time. Um, I'd give, been given sort of a crash course in writing for television. I didn't, I didn't feel that experienced, but I had them behind me and backing me, and I learned as I went. And, you know, it was one of those situations where, you know, you're sort of thrown into the deep end of something, and you, you do very well. 
um, in a way because you kind of just have to, you know. You were also kind of instrumental in, in bringing Wicked to the New York stage. You you kind of have a special role in that, that whole process. Um, what was it about that project that sort of drew you in? You know, in my generation, uh, we all watched The Wizard of Oz when it was on um, a certain time of the year. And um, in terms of what how Wicked came to Broadway, you know, Stephen Schwartz, uh, who's the incredible songwriter of Wicked, um, is the person who who saw the novel, saw Gregory Maguire's novel, and and realized it should be a Broadway musical, and he was the driving force behind Wicked. And he asked me um, if I would like to write the book, which is what we call the libretto of a musical, and I was thrilled. I mean, I was... He's somebody that I did not know well at the time. I had met him once very, very briefly, but I admired him tremendously, as st- obviously still do. And I, I would have done anything to work with him. I mean, it was a no-brainer. On the flip side, to something like Wicked, which was like a, really a, a great success, you talk, you talk about your your first experience in theater, um, um, about how, uh, oh, you were, you wrote a play that you were publicly spanked for. I think I read somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a musical. It was my first musical. Um, I wrote it with a wonderful composer songwriter named David Evans. I actually wrote lyrics for that musical, and I still um, sort of harkens back to my roots as a poetry writer, but I I still love writing lyrics, and I would love to have the opportunity to write lyrics again. Um, in fact, if I do another musical and I don't work with Stephen, I think it would be my choice to write lyrics. But um, yeah, that was a musical called Birds of Paradise. Uh, it opened in, uh, I believe it was 1987, and it was, um, the critics were soundly annoyed and um, roundly annoyed or whatever <laughs> you would say, uh, loudly annoyed. And But, you know, it was, it was a really good experience in so many ways. Um, and even in a way, the bad reviews, you know, no one would choose them. And at the time, it's, it certainly felt devastating on, on some level. But I learned a lot from having those bad reviews. I, th- I think it's really great that you talk so openly about that experience, and but you also talk openly about other, other ins- experiences that really inspired you and um, almost, um, you would say, in- enabled you to, to become a-, a writer. You've said that you didn't really feel like you could write until somebody very important to you told you that you could do it, and, and that's how it happened. That's how you became a writer. Well, it's funny. You know, I kind of knew, but I think all writers um, question... I, I th- my experience is, maybe I'm wrong, but... Uh, my experience is that many, many writers uh, question themselves and doubt themselves as writers, and that it's part of the experience of being a writer to really ask yourself, am I really a writer? And certainly when you're young, uh, but it, it can happen, I think, at any time. And uh, when I encountered this incredible man, Arthur Lawrence, who was my mentor in theater and my really the first teacher who in my in my mid twenties who really, really said to me, you know, he who said to me, There's no question, you're a writer and somehow the way he said it, it I needed it at that time. I think you go through different periods, you know. I had always written. Um, I think many writers will identify with this. It's not that I hadn't written. I'd always I'd always been writing. But you reach a point in your life I think where you need somebody that you look up to to notice you. Um 
maybe you don't have to be a writer to identify with that, um, with anything that you're trying to do that is a struggle and that is a challenge. You need to be noticed at some point, I think, and given a little bit of encouragement. And then you can go really for years just on that encouragement. Hmm. So what, what do you say to young writers? I'm sure you get a lot of young writers asking you questions. The best advice, I think, um, although there's no formula, is to not give up, to keep writing. I mean, it sounds so simple, but it really is the hardest thing. I mean, most people are looking on some fantasy level for a way to have it happen without having to do the part where you keep writing with no reward, with no monetary reward. And the reward has to be simply that you're writing because you love writing. And again, it sounds so simple, but that really is a necessity for a writer that they keep writing. If they stop, they they will stop. Uh, you've got to keep going. And it's harder than it sounds because it can be very discouraging. And it takes a lot of um, of, of strength. Hmm. So be strong, keep writing, do not stop. One, one thing I really wanted to ask you about before I let you go was, was the opportunity you had to work on a TV series with your daughter. Well, it's a bit indescribable because <laughs> it sometimes felt a little surreal. But we had a blast, basically. Um, We're very compatible. We're very close. She's 26 now. She was 24 when this happened. And she'd been basically uh, working as a young writer and got an opportunity to have a show on the air. And she realized um, that she was going to be put with someone more experienced uh, because she was so young. And we suddenly kind of looked at each other and went, wow, maybe that should be me. (laughs) You know what I mean? And at the time, you know, I was a little concerned because I wanted to make sure it was the right thing to do and that I wouldn't be kind of, you know, stealing her spotlight or getting in her way. But it turned out to be, you know, we'd, we'd been, um, we'd been um, writing together informally for years because we're both writers and we would look at each other's work and give each other critique and give each other help and so I was always we were always talking writing at our house so in a funny way it was very natural and kind of just a natural extension it just kind of happened in a funny way and it felt really fun it was very fun there were times you know I won't pretend that there weren't times when I think both of us wanted to kill each other Um, but luckily those didn't those things were like those skirmishes were sort of momentary and not they were not a big deal Ultimately, there was sort of it's sort of under the pressure of you know, it's a lot of pressure in television that people might not understand if they've not been in television, but it's a bit of a pressurized situation. You know, there's very little time and um, it's intense in a lot of ways. There's a lot to do in a very short amount of time, and so you know, when any whenever whenever you're working in that kind of intensity, uh, you can blow up at anyone. You know, but of course you're going to blow up at your mother. <laughs> Or your daughter, because you're very comfortable with that person. Right. Well, Winnie Hillsman, thanks so much for doing the podcast. Oh, thank you. The Musical Theater Conversation Series at the Lewis Center for the Arts will continue on March 13th with a conversation with theater director John Doyle, who recently staged revivals of Sondheim hits Sweeney Todd and Company on Broadway. And on March 15th with Jenny Slattery, assistant stage manager on Broadway's hit Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. The talks will take place at 1.30 p.m. at the Marie and Edward Matthews Acting Studio. 
The day-long symposium on April 21st, Making Broadway Musicals, Artists and Scholars in Conversation, is free and open to the public. To learn more about events offered at the Lewis Center for the Arts, visit princeton.edu arts. And for more information on the arts in New Jersey, visit jerseyarts.com. This is Christopher Benincasa for the Jersey Arts Podcast. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence in the arts since 1966. Thank you.